Hello, everybody, and welcome to Skating Through It, a podcast exploring how the COVID-19 pandemic is transforming hockey. I'm your host, Jackson Peters, and today I'll be taking a look into the NHL's plans for the upcoming season, as well as seeing what's going on in other hockey leagues. Later, I'll be joined by a member of the Tampa Bay Lightning to see how they are going to attempt winning back-to-back Stanley Cups. But before that, let's take a look at what's been happening. Back on December 20th, the NHL announced that the NHL and the NHL Players Association had agreed on a 56-game schedule that would start on January 13th. The agreement featured changes beyond the length of the season as well. Teams will only play other teams within their division for the entire regular season and the first two rounds of the playoffs, but not in a bubble. Up until this point, other professional sports leagues such as the NFL and MLB have proven that some type of regular season play can exist during this pandemic outside of a bubble. So the NHL knows that it can work. The season will run a month later into the year than a normal season would, but will still finish before the start of the 2021 Olympics on July 23rd since the NHL and the Olympics both have TV deals with NBC. Arguably, the most exciting news, though, is that there will be outdoor games again this year. The league announced on the first of the year that two outdoor games would be held in Lake Tahoe in February, despite previously announcing in October that there would be no outdoor games this season. It will be interesting to see what actually happens when the NHL season begins. It will also be exciting to see other leagues like the American Hockey League get back in action. The AHL plans to start their season on February 5th. However, until those season starts, there's hockey to pay attention to. Most notably, the IIHF World Junior Tournament kicked off on December 20th. The teams used the same bubble in Edmonton that the NHL used for the 2020 playoffs. Since the NHL playoffs were able to go off without a hitch, it was expected that the World Juniors would do the same, and so far they have. Some NCAA teams and the ECHL have also started to play. So, at least in the world of hockey, some things are starting to seem normal again. With that in mind, joining me today is one of the people that helped the Tampa Bay Lightning win a Stanley Cup this year to talk about keeping a team competitive amid the challenges caused by the pandemic. I'm pleased to introduce today's guest to the show. He's a native of Winnipeg, Manitoba, but has spent the last 24 years in Florida as a video coach with the Tampa Bay Lightning. During that time, he's won two Stanley Cups, coached for Team USA at the 2009 and 2008 World Championships, as well as at the 2016 World Cup of Hockey. Please welcome Nigel Kerwin. Nigel, how are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm really excited to have you on, especially as the reigning Stanley Cup champion that you are. I'm really excited to hear what you thought of the bubble, as well as what's going to happen this year, since it looks like the season is finally going to start. But before we get into this season, I do want to ask you about winning the Cup last season, especially as a two-time Stanley Cup champion. I mean, you won it with no fans. I'm sure the parade was a little bit different. Could you just tell me about your experience winning the Cup this year? Yeah, well, I mean, like, first of all, just lucky and blessed to even get the opportunity to, to do so one time in your in your life is, is a blessing, never mind twice. So I've been so lucky in that regard when you think about the people that have not had an opportunity to do that. It's, it's, it's kind of weird to me that I've had a chance to do that twice. And again, just blessed to be along for, for the ride. Um, very different experiences, obviously doing one in a bubble was vastly different um, to, to 2004, which was, you know, obviously what we knew back then to be normal circumstances and normal living conditions. Obviously the world's changed a lot in the last, uh, in less than a year. Um, so it, it made the experience com- completely different, and in some ways, some things were better, and and uh, some things you know weren't quite weren't quite as good. Um, but you know, 
were mincing a little bit. Obviously, the, the experience still was great. And um, but yeah, it was very very different. Um, the on ice portion, you know, in, in 2004 we won at home, um, so we run it in front of our home fans, in front of a crowd. You know, there was 50,000, I think, uh, fans outside the arena within a two to three block radius of the arena. So the whole downtown, the whole building was just energetic and, you know, uh, wild for hours uh, upon hours. Um, so that, that was probably a little bit better in 04. In, in this particular case, in 2020, you know, the building was silent. At once the Dallas Stars left the ice, it was, you know, quiet. Like it was, it was just... The, the slight buzz of our team cheering. So that was very different. Um, the, the locker room portion though, might've been, was probably a little bit better because it was just our team. It was just the guys, it was just the team. And we spent several hours in there kind of hanging out as a group, obviously celebrating. Um, in 04, it was very different. 04, the locker room was packed with family and friends and people snuck in that weren't supposed to be in there. So that it was a mob scene. I, I don't know how many people got in the locker room, but it felt like there was a thousand people in the locker room and you couldn't move. And it took us a long time to kind of kick everybody out and get to just the team uh, where it could just be us kind of celebrating. So uh, this, obviously that wasn't an issue in, 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 in this particular case, there was, there was nobody around except the team. So in that regard, it was very intimate. It was just us. It was just everyone that had been in the bubble. Um, we would have liked to be able to celebrate with family that, you know, it would, obviously it'd have been nice to have family members there to celebrate with us, but that wasn't the opportunity. And so in that regard, it might've been a little bit better in, 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 depending on how you look at it, because it was just the guys, just the coaches, just the staff, just the travel party. And it was a more intimate celebration for probably a much longer period of time. And then obviously COVID forced a, a different um, way of thinking about the parade and the city of Tampa, thankfully they, they, they figured out a way to get a parade done. Um, and in that regard, that was, that's probably one of the coolest things I've ever done in my life was, I don't know if you know, we did a boat parade rather than a standard street parade. And uh, for me, that was way better than 04. Honestly, in the top three coolest things I've ever done in my life um, to go down the, the, the Hillsborough River in Tampa and, and see that, and I don't know how many miles it ended up being, but, um, you know, it was just jammed with people outside all the way through. And, and to do that on a boat was really, really, really cool. It's something I'll never forget. Um, to me, Tampa should never do a street parade again if they ever, if any team here wins a championship. Um, that's, that's the way to do it as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I saw the pictures and it looked like it was just a madhouse on the river. It looked like so much fun. And out here in Arizona, I don't know how they do a parade right now. Maybe on some stage coaches on the desert, but you guys are still a pretty good team and still poised to do some real work this year, but still a lot has changed. Firstly, you've had a little over two months to prepare, but that's a lot shorter than what most Stanley Cup champions get before the next year. How do you think having such a short amount of time will affect you guys this year? Well, I, I mean, I, I think the good news is that we, we just got done playing. And I, and I think in terms of systematically, you know, we, we, we put a structure in place that obviously led to a great deal of success. So for us, it's just a matter of coming back and kind of duplicating what we what we did successfully at the end of the year with some tweaks. The biggest thing is personnel changes. You know, we're, we obviously lost some some big parts of our team uh, from this past year, and uh, we've got to get new players acclimated. So I think the challenge is not so much with systems and the preparation of 
of getting anything in that regard put into place, but more so what are the new lineups? What are the new, what are the new lines? What are the, who's going to play with who? Um, how many, how much, how much, uh, how many rookies are going to be in the lineup? How many young guys have to come into the fold and, and kind of, um, acclimate themselves to the rest of the team. I think that's the challenge is finding the new chemistry. Um, and we're going to have a shortened, you know, we're going to have an abbreviated period of time to do that. in. so, um, as opposed to a normal, you know, month long camp, um, it's going to take us, uh, we're going to have to do that in a, in a shorter, more abbreviated period of time. So I think that's the challenge for us this year is just finding a new chemistry. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you guys will find a way as many other teams are going to have to. And I think that's the interesting part of it this year is that it's not just you guys trying to do this. It's everybody. I know there's the five or six teams that miss the playoffs. They get an extra three or four days of camp, but it'll be interesting to see if that does anything at all. But before I get into this year um, on what your job's going to be like this season, could you tell the listeners what exactly it is that you do for the Tampa Bay Lightning? So, uh, Officially, I'm, I'm the video coach for the Tampa Bay Lightning. So most of my job is is twofold. It's it's you know I mean number one managing our overall just video systems and 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 uh, uh, making sure that that system is under control. Um, our ability to scout opponents and you know capture data and manage that data that's that's a big part of it. But the other part is like a lot of pre scout stuff. So just preparing for our upcoming opponents, um, dissecting. Um, scout games so in more manageable pieces so the rest of the coaching staff don't have to spend their time looking at whole games they can just look at the relevant pieces and clips that we need to show them so um so two i would say two things managing the whole system is 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 one of the things and then a lot of pre-scout work uh, in terms of our upcoming opponents and just making sure that uh, um that's in more digestible pieces and then anything any player needs as well making sure that the information that the players need video wise gets to them in an efficient manner so with those two pieces, I know you said your system work won't change too much this year since it's mostly a personnel thing you need to focus on, but your pre-scouting, I imagine, is going to change quite a bit because you only play within your division. What's that going to look like as you're preparing to play the same teams over and over again? Well, in that regard, it probably gets a little a little easier. Um, it, it's probably a little less work because typically, you you know, you go into, you, you, you play an opponent and... Uh, myself and Brian Garlock, the other video coach, we, we, we tend to be mostly a couple, a day or two ahead of the team in terms of our workload. Like while we're playing a, one particular opponent is a chance that Brian and I are working on our next couple games that are upcoming. So in a normal season, you don't, it's, you know, you don't play teams back to back very often playoffs excluded, obviously. Um, so you're always on to the next opponent, on to the next opponent, you know, there's always another team coming that you kind of have to get ready for. In, in with this particular season, that's going to be a little bit less of the case because you're going to be playing the same teams over and over and over again. So you know, I think in one case, I think I think we play Chicago three times in a row. So from a pre-scout standpoint, where we would normally be looking a couple games ahead or you know two three games ahead, we're not going to have to worry about that as much because we're just going to be concentrating on uh, that the next game against Chicago, which we will mostly be looking at our previously played game against them. So. Or, you know, in, in, if game two is against the same opponent, then we've already, we're just looking at game one, much like we do in the playoffs, uh, as opposed to just, you know, watching multiple teams every day to kind of get ahead of things and get everything managed. Do you think that the way this has been formatted, like playing Chicago three times in a row, that teams are going to just absolutely hate each other and be a bit more physical in the same way that they are during the playoffs during this regular season? 
Well, there's certainly the potential for that. Um, you know, yeah, it's something to be said about um, getting a little bit of a hate on when you when you when you play a team back to back. There's a there's an opportunity for uh, hard feelings to linger from maybe the night before. By and large, these guys are pretty professional, and and uh, I'm not overly concerned about that. I think that becomes a little more intense in the playoffs. Um, I, I don't know that that'll be quite the same case uh, during the regular season. Um, but th that's being said, there, there probably will be an element of that. You know, there will be, okay, you got me last night and I'm going to get you tonight kind of thing. So that certainly creeps in here uh, as, a, as a possibility. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. This is a unique format that we, the league, I don't believe has done before, um, obviously other than outside of playoffs. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we get a little bit of that, but I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I don't think it's something we're concerned about. Yeah. And like you said, it's, it's a unique format and you're not concerned about that specifically, but is there anything that you are concerned about or unsure of about in terms of how this format works as, aside from the COVID precautions themselves? Like, you know, will this interdivision play be fair enough for everyone? Well, uh, you know, whether it's fair, whether it's not fair, we're all dealing with the same, you know, issue and, and we're in a unique circumstance and it is what it is. So, uh, you know, I, I don't think we can worry about being fair. We just have to be blessed that we even get the opportunity to play and, and be thankful for the opportunity that we even get to play. And um, is it perfectly fair? Uh, you know, I, I don't know how it's unfair under the circumstances. Um, we've all got to deal with the same issues. And, you know, the league is doing the best that they can to manage the circumstances that we live in today. And uh, this is the best system I think they felt they could come up with. And, uh, it, you know, if, if it's either this or we don't play. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll deal with uh, any unfairness. And, and like I said, we're just thankful to be able to have the opportunity to even skate again and play and, and um, there's a lot of people out there that have it far worse than we do. So who is it for us to complain about uh, these circumstances? We'll, we'll, we'll deal with them. They're pretty easy, relatively speaking. Yeah. And the NHL, as you know, is the luckiest of the hockey leagues right now. I mean, some junior teams are trying to play. The World Juniors are finally happening, but still waiting for the American League. The ECHL is kind of playing. And we've seen other sports play. The NFL, the MLB, they've all gotten through their seasons. But guys get COVID. Games have to get postponed. Do you think that what the NHL is planning to do will work? Well, I mean, there's no way to predict the future for sure. And, you know, I'm sure there'll be some isolated incidences that the chances of there not being, I would think, are probably going to be pretty low. But that being said, you know, given what I just experienced in the bubble and how the NHL managed that, I'm, I'm impressed with what they've done and what they've been able to figure out. Uh, listen, the bubble wasn't an ideal lifestyle. Um, but far be it for me to complain about it. It was, it was really good uh, given the circumstances. The NHL did an outstanding job of pulling it off and even making it happen safely for all of us. So I'm sure they put a great deal of thought into this format and they've come up with the best answer they can come up with. And uh, I, I, I'm confident it'll, it'll work to the best of our abilities, uh, to everyone's abilities. And, um, and, you know, we'll see. Is there going to be incidents? Probably. There's, there's, a, there's a good chance of that, I, I'm guessing. But um, hopefully that's not the case. And uh, I don't know, again, I don't know how you avoid it other than not playing. And that's just not an ideal option for all parties involved. So uh, we'll figure it out. And again, based on my experience and having watched what the NHL did in the, in the real bubble, I, I'm pretty confident that they've got a solution in place that they think will give them the best opportunity to have success as we go forward here. The last thing I wanted to ask you today, Nigel, was before the bubble started, some people said that the Stanley Cup champion might have an asterisk next to their name because it was going to be different. But I would argue that the level of hockey played in the bubble that I saw was better than what I saw most years. Just so competitive and everyone was at the top of their game. And by the time you were facing off against Dallas, I thought that was some of the best hockey I'd seen in years. 
Do you think that level of competition is going to carry over into this upcoming regular season, or will there still be a ton of critics against it? Well, you know, uh, unfortunately, you you have those people out there that are going to get to criticize you no matter what you do, and you're never going to make them happy. So uh, we can't worry about that. You know, uh, all we can do is the best that we can do, and you know, there are we there are limitations on our ability to have a season this year. And like I said earlier, it's either you know we fall in line with those limitations or we don't have a season at all. So my vote is let's let's do something. And um, people are going to criticize it, and people are going to say it's different or there's an asterisk by it. And yeah, but you know what? We're all dealing with the same conditions. So at the end of the at the end of the day, the the, level, the, the playing field is pretty level for everybody. I mean, I guess you could argue that maybe some divisions are better than others or you know aligned differently because the the realignment. Um, they may one, maybe a weaker one and a stronger one, but I think you're going to get that in any given season anyway. So uh, you know, I don't know, um, I don't know what you can do uh, uh, given given the, the world we live in uh, today. So uh, I, I'm not I'm not worried about it. People will criticize us. I think it'll be difficult. Um, I think that the bubble for the playoffs. Yes, people want to say there was put an asterisk by it. I would go the other way though. I think that asterisk, and maybe I'm biased because we, we won. So you know. <laughs> maybe take it with a little bit of grain of salt, but I, I think it was the hardest one to win. And, you know, I've, I've been involved and in, I've been fortunate, blessed to be involved with two of these. And I could certainly easily make the argument that this was the harder way to go about trying to win a championship than the last time. You know, these guys spent two months in fairly isolated conditions uh, without their families around them to support them. And um, it, it was, it was a challenge for them. And uh, this is going to be a, a different kind of challenge. And, um, People want to criticize it, you know, knock yourselves out, but it doesn't do any good. And, you know, it is what it, it is what it is. We have to either deal with it or not play. And uh, we, I think we as a league, we're going to choose to deal with it. And uh, whoever wants to criticize us can criticize us. Well, Nigel, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. I'm really excited to see what you and the Lightning pull off this year. It was such a great story last year, and I expect this year to be more of the same. So good luck to you and the Lightning, and I look forward to watching you guys this year. Thank you, Jackson. I much appreciate it. Uh, not a problem at all. Happy to do it anytime. Thanks again to Nigel Kerwin for joining me on this episode. I wish him and the Lightning the best of luck this year, which hopefully will be very soon. Teams are practicing in training camps and doing everything they can be to prepare for the season that starts in just a few weeks. The NHL season is set to return before the next episode of this podcast is released. Whether we have a season or not by that time, I will surely have a lot to talk about then, as we will be joined by a player who has to navigate how their future in hockey has been affected by the pandemic. Until then, you've been listening to Skating Through It, a University of Arizona honors thesis and podcast series where I discuss the effects of the COVID-19 pandemic on the hockey world with the people from inside the game. I'm Jackson Peters. I hope you'll join me next time. Thanks for listening.